Life is hectic, demanding, and doesn't stop. When honest with ourselves, we must confess we often don't know what the hell we're doing. The LARCast is an ongoing conversation about the inclusive and mischievous nature of God's presence through the lens of all the things that make up this phenomenon we refer to as life. Astonishing grace and refreshing honesty collide right here for your weekly encouragement. man here we go here we go three two and one welcome back to the lark cast tony and russ are uh with you here today big shout out to all you larks out there those who have a big smile on their face today because they know they are loved uh period no if ands buts or fine print mm-hmm. i like that no fine print no fine print Certain phrases, man, they just they just do the work, dude. <laughs> that is one that just they just oh yeah, God loves me. You know what I mean? It sometimes it just so falls flat on our ears, but then you hear like no fine print. <gasps> yeah, there's no uh you know what there's no there's no switcheroo, there's no bait and switch, there's no you know, grace to law altar call, there's no gospel on the front end and um you know you better better get to work to prove that this trust was real genuine gotta do it man you gotta get that fruit lined up that's right fruit going we're 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 definitely definitely getting ahead of ourselves here we're in john 15 today so if you know anything about us if you've read reclaim you know this is a pretty pretty important one to us very near and dear, man. Near and dear to our hearts and our minds for good reasons. Yes. Just yesterday, we had a church leader, friend, used to be a comrade, but he really wrestled with the gospel, not being smart. He wanted to be smart. He wanted it to be strategic. So he started running down a different road. And in a re- recent uh, in a recent post, man, he was just hammering away, bro, on First Peter talking about, you know, for freedom, man. Like, don't use your freedom, you know, to do evil, right? Use your freedom to to serve God, man. And I'm like, yeah, amen, dude. And why would, you know, we're already free, so we might as well, like, run in good and beautiful things that bring about harmony in our lives. But he's like, no, no, no. Nope. This fruit that I'm talking about, this service, that is the fruit of freedom. That is why you were set free. You were set free for mm-hmm. service. For service, you were set free. Mm-hmm. And bro, it's like, I'm just kind of looking at him like, wait, wait, what? And everyone's like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I, I'm pretty sure Galatians 5 says, for freedom, Christ set you free. Yeah, but I'm like, what, 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 where's the, I don't, I don't understand. Where's the but from? Mm-hmm. That's what the verse actually says. For freedom, Christ set you free. Yeah. Yeah, I know. But if, damn, dude, mm-hmm. something in us, man, it's always dragging that fine print in the equation. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I think you'll, if you've listened to us and I think you'll find here today, um, you know, man, like we're, we are not against love. Like 
like a like a like a horizontal expression of love, you know, or or service yeah. or or any of that. Um, All for it. I think we're two dudes that for a really, really long time felt that it was our responsibility to make that happen. And in the scenario that we're going to get in today, I don't think we really saw ourselves as branches at all. I think we kind of saw ourselves as senior pastors walking right behind the vine dresser or right alongside them through these vineyards. (laughs) (laughs) Doing, Doing the work as apprentice, you know, vine dressers. Yes. Yeah. It's almost like the, like the, sh- like the shepherd, you know what I mean? E- equation and sheep. I had a pretty cool lunch, man, with a, with a pastor on Monday, who's sort of stepped away from the game. He's trying to rethink where he's going to serve next. And uh-huh. in our conversation, he was talking about, you know, the, you know, just what kind of shepherd are you, man? What kind of shepherd do am I, what kind of shepherd do we need to be? Are we the kind that leave the 99 for the one? You know, or or are we more like those sheep that are also shepherds that stay with the ninety nine? Because you know, those ninety nine, there's a there's a safety in in their togetherness. That's why Jesus was free to leave those ninety nine to pursue the, <laughs> pursue the one. And I'm like, bro, you're about as dumb on this subject as you are on farming. In the conversation that we just had about vine dressers. <laughs> In branches oh, of what they actually do. Oh, like, wait, what, what, what are you talking about? Hey, with a like, little, with a little imagination, you get real clever with the scriptures, man. Like, <laughs> you probably, you might want to go hang out with somebody who actually works with sheep. There is zero safety in ninety-nine. In fact, if one of them walks over to a cliff and steps off of it, the other ninety-eight will follow suit. Oh man, I'm just. I mean, we can go down the list here, but I think that's just it, man. There's a, and I, th- I love that you brought up the fact that we are two dudes who lived in that world for a mm-hmm. number of years. Yeah, okay, for sure. So we grabbed on to good news, but I can say that I also grabbed on to all the fine print that I could. Yeah. I brought in all the ifs and all the buts and all the you know, therefores that I could possibly grab on to yeah because it offers you which we've said it a million times and i'm just going to keep saying it it offers you a sense of control yeah and so you always opt for any kind of religious take you can find you know with this yeah it's uh that's why sometimes you know um i was in a, in another conversation uh last week with somebody who was just talking about the beauty of community groups and the role that it plays in helping you understand these scriptures that we're talking about you know, if you get eight or 10 people in a room together, you're going to get a much better interpretation of the text and you'll get alone. And I'm like, well, I don't know. I'm pretty sure eight to 10 people who are just as addicted to control as you are <laughs> together in a room are going to always come up with some way to misinterpret what, what Jesus is saying here so that we can have a hand in this. And as scary as it is to free fall okay, into God's acceptance, notice mm-hmm. I didn't say fly. I don't think faith is flying. I think it's free falling. Hmm. Um, as scary as that is, oftentimes what I found is the reason why I kept bringing the ifs and the ands and the buts into this is because it allows you not just this sense of, you know, uh, of control, but it 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 almost can give you a 
some sort of um assurance in a way you know what i mean and in the course of that assurance as you start to dig into it, you go like well why do i need the assurance why do i need to to keep fortifying this with everything that i do in the name of faith and then eventually go oh i think it seems to stem from my perception of what god's like hmm. the perception that i have of what god's like needs me to be this kind of shepherd and figure out am i the one that leaves the 99 for the one am i more evangelistic or am I more like that shepherd teacher type man that really keeps the 99 healthy while he's gone? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I'm the one who's like, no, no. Am I, am I the kind of shepherd that's going to really make sure people understand that they were set free for freedom? I mean, that can be a little reckless. We probably need to say, no, no, you were set free for service. And so let's really hone in on that kind of service. I can keep going down the line, but eventually what I found, and I think what you found is it all stemmed from, what we thought about who God is and that, and that perception therefore shapes all that we need to go and do in the name of honoring him, pleasing him, becoming the people we're supposed to be fixing the world, go down the list. And the chapter we're about to get into is going to undo all of that. Yeah. In a good and beautiful way. Right. And I'm going to let you take it, dude. Cause I love the study, man, that you've done on this chapter. And it was uh, pretty encouraging to me. So I'm just going to ask you questions, dude, and let you fire away. Well, when you discover something amazing, you know, that it was, you know, man, this this passage along with the uh, the parables, you know, the this one, I would say probably... Pharisee tax collector, cape and take on that, and then getting into the text on on John fifteen, that that one opened my lid and shifted quite a bit for me. Mm. Well, on that note, all of you larks, check this out. And continue in the Gospel of John, we are in chapter fifteen today, and Jesus has a real mic drop moment that will either make you shiver and go spend the rest of your days trying to figure out what kind of Christian you are and all that you need to do to become something better, or it'll do what it did for us. It will stop you dead in your tracks mm -hmm. and seeing what this God is actually like and why the gospel isn't smart and why it's so stupid <laughs> to, <laughs> to add to it. Yeah. So, so here it goes. Jesus said, you know, he, he openly talks about, it. he says, listen, guys, I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. Okay. He's in a, in a context where this makes sense. He can point to it all around him. He says, every branch of me that does not bear fruit, he takes away and every branch that does bear fruit. He prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Hmm. So then Jesus says this, this is where everybody's like, yeah, man, but this is where we got to get it together. Okay. Verse four, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he does that bears much fruit for apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers and the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, 
Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, let's get the why down here, that my joy may be in you, mm. and that your joy may be full. Dude. Yeah. Right there. These things I've spoken to you so that my joy may be in you. The, the, the way we used to teach it was that if you don't abide in the right way, you're in the burn pile. So then if it's a warning, it would be like these things I say to you so that you can be warned. But right. it's these things I say to you so that my joy may be in you. So he's he's sharing news. He's sharing a reality, not a formula mm. or a t- or a test. Yeah. For and we'll see if you pass or not. Kind of a thing. That's that's one of the nuggets. And you know we've dealt with this in in reclaim. We have a a big long chunk of it. Um, I forget what chapter it is. And so like, we're, you know, there's like some good work in the text there. If you're that kind of person, like you need to dive into the nuances. Reclaim will definitely scratch every itch you have there. You know, yeah, I, believe I think that that's just a nice little nugget that I've spoken these things that my joy may be in you. Yeah. And I think even when you brought that up to me, when, when we were discussing this in the writing of Reclaim, I remember going, yeah, holy cow. Like I read this text and as I start to move my way through it, I have like a legitimate oh shit moment in my faith. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Okay. I'm like, dude, this is, I feel like I just read all these like parables, like 40 of them where Jesus is talking about, he's, he's, he's unveiling what the father's actually like compared to what we all think. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's in seeing this, it actually allows you to stop hedging your bet like Adam and Eve and bringing a parachute to the equation every day. But instead, you get to just free fall in the freedom of grace mm. and to learn to 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 recline in him because mm. he's good and you yeah. can trust him. Yeah. But then this chapter was that chapter. You're like, I don't know, man. I just feel like Jesus yeah. took the white gloves off. And he's like, right. no. But again, like you said, you get to the end and it's like, I said this for your joy. Right. Okay. So I would ask you, dude, well, if if that's the case, back up and show me why this would why seeing what jesus is really saying here brings about the joy man yeah so first i think it's just knowing who we are and who he is in the story that's the first thing he gets into you know i'm the true vine my father's divine dresser and we're branches like we're literally branches we're down we're down the line of a scenario and a picture he's painting here not only do we have an expert vine dresser who actually knows how to care for a field. He knows how to care for people. He knows Mm. what he's doing. He's an expert at what he does. And then not only that, you have a vine. He's referring to first century, you know, Jewish viticulture. It's, it's the, it's the growing and caring for grapes. Mm. We're talking about wine here. And you have a main, a main vine, which supplies the source to, you know, the source of life to everything. And we're literally, we're branches. 
Um, I mean, this is, we're receiving the entire way. We're receiving life from the vine and receiving expert care from the vine dresser. And yet we will all day long interpret abide as if this whole thing depends on us. As if God is a static God sitting off in the distance and here's a bunch of crap we need to do to make this happen. Yeah. And so there's issues of abide. We need to talk about abide, but right off the bat, you know, we used to see ourselves as junior vine dressers, anything but branches, <laughs> anything but branches yeah. and all of our programs and systems and everything were the, it was the, it was the vine pathway for you to get to bearing fruit. So forget Jesus as the vine. He kind of was an entry point and like a mascot for this whole thing. And the, all the programs and the signing up and all that, that's your vine to get to yeah. the fruit that you need to bear to prove that you're a genuine, you know, disciple. Because the old theological math went like this. You're saved by grace alone through faith. That faith, if genuine, will produce mm -hmm. fruit. And if you're not producing fruit, then you never really trusted in the right way. And so then the whole time you're like, do I have genuine, saving, authentic faith? Yeah. So it leads to radical introspection. You're constantly looking at your life. You're constantly looking at your performance. Of course, they wouldn't. Of course, churches and leaders don't say it this way, but it gets measured that way. Do you show up for everything? Yeah. Are you in a small group? Are you doing these Bible studies? You know, looking at your attendance. Are you staying out of the counselor's office? You know, mm -hmm. like all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's like, uh, it's almost like churches are signing you up to become a good narcissist. You're a real bad narcissist. You don't do all these things that you should do. Yeah, But we're going to offer you a list of programs so that you can do a number of other good things that are all centered on introspection, as in they're all yes. ultimately about you. Right. Which seems to be the whole opposite of letting go, the opposite of faith, trust, dependence, the actual yes. life that God's given us. So what I'm hearing from you is right out of the bat, it's nailing down the characters in the story. Right. Understanding that the Father, Jesus says the Father is the vine dresser, mm -hmm. not you, not me, right. not any of us. He is the vine, the source of life, period. Not yes. you, not me, not any of us. And we're branches. Mm -hmm. So that definitely throws a wrench in that whole, remember that, that real popular like trellis and the vine stuff, man, that was real big <laughs> at one time, like in the church world. Yeah, it was like you need, your trellis was like your systems and your programs and you need to just yeah. make it good enough so that the, like the organic nature of like what God's doing and people can, you know, can grow on it. Could really grow. So the vine could really yeah. grow and produce good fruit. Out of mm -hmm. curiosity, how many branches get together and build trellises? <laughs> no, they build the trellis, <laughs> trellises out of the wood of the dead branches. So instead of burning it, they just recycle it into trellises. Yeah. Which actually, there's, no, a, there's a good analogy to... there because trellises do actually kill branches. I've seen people literally walk away from God because of getting involved in trellis. Yeah. Yeah, it's just funny, you know. It, you, and I can remember like grabbing onto that book and being like, dude, this is so good, man. This is oh, so good. we did so too. Neat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, had, we had the whole staff reading that thing. But then again, you go back to the text, what we're doing right now, and you're going, this doesn't make any sense. Branches. Didn't, I thought he just said you could do nothing. <laughs> you're, a, yeah. you're a branch that, that lives in the vine and 
all of a sudden right. we're like, yeah, the vine dresser doesn't really know what he's doing. So right. we probably need to get some trellises going here. I mean, the biggest okay, nightmare. So- yeah. The biggest nightmare in the Christian life for someone who really wants to be an authentic disciple and really wants to know that they're in is a season of fruitlessness. Mm. It's the, it's the biggest nightmare. And I would say for a Christian leader, that's your biggest nightmare too, because your, um, you're going to get judged based on how well you led these people in fruit too. Yep. That's something that Christian leaders carry as well. But what's interesting is in 15, you know, I'm the true vine. My father's divine dresser, every branch of me, every branch in me, in me, notice the branches in him. Every branch mm-hmm. in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Both of these branches are in him. And if you know anything about John language, Pauline language, you know, whatever, in in me, in him, that's union, bro. Yeah. That's like we're in. A one-way Notice union. You have a- Right. And notice you have a branch that's in him that's not bearing fruit. Well, in in the old theological math, there was no room for that at all. If you were genuine, you're always bearing fruit. And so we always thought that takes away in verse two, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away was being taken away in judgment. Like in verse, I think it's six. Yep. It's the pile. It's the burn pile. So in diving into this, you come to find out, well, what is the, what's the thing that's shaping their imagination? Well, it's this, it's this viticulture. It's how like vines used to grow. And back then it's not like when I travel into like Southwest Michigan and all the vineyards and all that, um, they're up on, you know, they're up on trellises, they're suspended, right? They're separated, Mm -hmm. you know, wind can come underneath it. You know, they're up really, really high, you know, for the sun to shine on them. Well, back in the day, they used to just grow on the ground in big heaps, and so every once in a while, the vine dresser would come along and he would see like, man, there's a, there's a spot here that's not getting enough sun or it's not getting air underneath it. And what he would do is he would lift it up. He would raise it up. So he might put a rock underneath it or a stick or something like that. And the whole idea is he's trying to get this, this, this branch more exposure to the sun, mm-hmm. better care. And so when it says every branch of me that does not bear fruit, he takes away that Greek word can be interpreted to lift up or to rise up. And Mm -hmm. it's a, it's just a trick. It's a vine dresser move, an expert vine dresser move to come and lift this thing up. And of course, now, once you say raise up and, and, and lift up now, all of a sudden you start thinking to yourself, rise up resurrection, you know, being cared for, loved by this vine dresser, not cut off and thrown into a damn burn pile. It's a dude, it changes the whole thing. Dude, that will that right there will undo your entire theology. That nugget right there. Yep. 100%. And and for me, I love it because it all ties into all these stories that Jesus tells about what the Father's like and what he, God who's become flesh, is doing among us and what he's going to accomplish and bear through us. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like it all starts to come. For me, it all really starts to find a seat together within this story that Jesus tells. Yeah. So hearing what you've said so far, getting the characters right, the Father's the vine dresser, Jesus is the vine, we're the branch, okay? Understanding 
that he abides in us, okay? He abides in us. There's a union here. Abide in me as I abide in you. Yes. That's that's crucial. And then understanding that all of these all these branches are both both scenarios that you've unpacked. Both scenarios are in him. Yes. All the branches are in him. There's not this yeah. over there group and then there's the us over here that got it together group. Right. And then of course what we see here is this father and his care for this when he sees branches that aren't bearing fruit you find this word in the scriptures that literally means in the greek language what they were written in to lift up raise up yep. yeah yeah you and another thing i think we have to grapple with is jesus uses the same word to talk about um the interaction in this union abide in me and i in you so however you define abide, it has to go both ways. And how do churches mostly define abide? Well, it's all the activity. It's abide. It's regimented prayer. It's Bible reading. It's, you know, community. You know, you have to mm -hmm. be doing all these things. Well, if you define it that way, how does that fit then with Jesus saying, well, I'm abiding in you too. Like yeah. is Jesus sitting around <laughs> doing studies and, and praying to us, you know, kind of a thing. It's like, dude, like the word abide, yes. it means meno. It's not even really so much like a, a doing verb as much as it's like a remain, sit and stay put with no thought of leaving. That's what the word means. Whoa. Sit remain stay put with no thought of leaving mm -hmm. and if you if you define it that way now all of a sudden gospel and promise and like covenant and all that like i will never leave you and forsake you i will come and make my home with you is what he said in mm -hmm. last, the last chapter 14 we're going to come and sit and have a meal with you we're going to yep. celebrate messa around this table i'm not going anywhere when it comes to you I am your God and I'm your God forever. I'm not going anywhere. I'm abiding mm -hmm. in you. And if we apply that as a, a word that gives shape to our faith, like how we trust in him. Well, yeah, dude, we, we stay put. We remain. It's Peter's words. Like where else are we going to go after the crowd left in John six? Yeah, well, for you, the words you of alone, life. where, where, where the hell else am I going to go? Like, you know, like yeah. I've, I've left various Western normative forms of church and, you know, I've, I've ebbed and flowed in terms of like having communities at my house and not and being in between and, you know, and, and all that kind of stuff. But, um, man, like I, I, I can't, I, I can't, I can't walk away from, from Jesus and all this. Yeah. yeah I think it's. You know, we, we, in the scriptures, it talks about persevering in our faith, right? And it's a passage that oftentimes I think people will will undo. It's like, you know, we need to, you know, if you persevere, right? If you persevere in this, then, you know, then you're really saved. So in, what I found within church leadership and church membership is we often attach a lot of things to that in the name mm -hmm. of abiding in Jesus. Yes. But the words from in the scriptures are verbatim is you know if you persevere not shifting okay 
not shifting from the hope that you claimed the hope. That's what it says. Mm -hmm. So I'm going, how did persevere in faith become (laughs) perform in the name of faith? Yeah. Those are two different things, right? It's, it is, it is directly pointing to what you're talking about. It's sitting, it's remaining, it's trusting. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like, so it's almost like, um, in the name of good works, faith somehow didn't make the cut. Hmm. Which is really odd. Yeah. Seeing how Jesus said the very will of God is that you believe in the Son. Right. And it's the act of trust and trusting alone that awakens you, okay, to mm-hmm. reality of life in Him. Yeah. So I just think there's something really beautiful about that because sitting is a work. You know what I'm saying? Trusting is a work. It's like Yeah, like we're like, yeah, it's um yeah, there, just, there's there's an acti- there's a phenomena of an activity there. Like our intellects engaged, our emotions, our will, our volition, like we're involved in yeah. that. And I think that we I think, you know, grace theology dudes get this knock that like, you know, that oh, well so then just nothing. And it's like, dude, like the life of faith. <laughs> dude. It is that's involved. It is involved and yes. you will be involved in it. Yeah. I'm I'm just going to be straight here with you and anybody that's listening. It is way, and I mean way, way the hell easier, dude, to go fill my calendar with church activities in the name of good works, yes. in the name of bearing fruit. Yes. Than it is to actually live a life of faith in Jesus. Yep. Preach, bro. Come on, come on, dude. I mean, let's just, let's like, uh, enough's enough, man. Yeah. Yep. Signing up for some it's service true. here and there, dude, is mm-hmm. way easier than following along with what the scriptures say, that my faith is in him who is unseen, not, mm-hmm. not in what is seen, for what is seen is temporary, right. but him who is unseen is eternal. Mm-hmm. And then going on to talk about it's in him right now that I live and dwell and mm-hmm. find my very being. And it's yeah. in him that I will forever dwell one day face yes. to face. Yes. So to be able to have seasons where you don't see things happening the way that you think they should be going down, Hmm. but yet to be able to maintain, to sit, to remain as someone who's already been raised up in Jesus. I'm just using words right now that are right out of this very text. Mm -hmm. That life of faith, I think, is what we see in Jesus. Right. And that's what we've been invited into. So, dude, such a killer, killer point. And I don't think I'll ever forget, man, that conversation we were having when that led all to the you writing that piece and within reclaim where you unpack that. I was like, man, there it is. Like it's that's so good, what he's man. like. He does. Big shout out to uh here's a throwback name. Big shout out to Joey Mayfield for, you know, turning me on to some of these nuggets and then we took it from there and and um yeah, really kind of extracted some stuff and I think too, like going back to your point, um, you know, in this, in this moment of faith, we talk about dying quite a bit, right. Mm -hmm. And this whole idea of like a seed dying before it can produce fruit. Well, the thing that needs to be contended with is the old man and the old man wants control and he'll take control in the form of rebellion or righteousness, honestly. Yeah. Um, and we talked about this last episode. I my entry point into into Jesus, how he revealed himself in my story, 
was a rebellious kind of entry point. He met me in my rebellion. And no one ever really warned me about the dangers of righteousness and of religion. But Paul, who was self-admittedly blameless according to the law, coined the phrase, the old man. He didn't have, mm. he didn't have a season where he was running around getting hammered. You know what I'm saying? You know, yeah. running with, you know, women and doing drugs and extortion and, you know, all, all greed and, and all that. The dude was the poster child for righteousness. And he coined the phrase, the old man, the old man mm. wants control. And so I want to, I want to add to your point. Not only is it is church life easier, it provides a nice little dome where the old man can thrive in control by signing up for things, by participating in yeah. programs, right? Events, mm -hmm. things, going and giving four hours on a Saturday to go serve, right? Uh, yep. You know, the church will say for freedom, you've been, you, you've been, you've been set free to serve. Well, here's some ways to do that. You can do it here, 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 and here. Cool. Box check, box check, box check. Done. I'm in, yep. I just did it. There's my proof. Right. And so that whole thing can be, and I don't want to say it is across the board because I don't want to be like some people no, that we talked about pre-show. Pre we said God is not in a certain place, but that whole thing really honestly could just provide a balm to the death that <laughs> like God is trying to do. You know, trying, and you're avo you be, you avoid your death. You actually mm -hmm. avoid the life of faith in some church settings because it's telling you here, take control. Don't die, live. Yeah. Live, abide, bear fruit. That's an old man. Yeah. This Come, is what you were live. set free for. <laughs> right. Yes. Right. You don't want to get thrown in the burn pile, do you? <laughs> yeah, dude, that's how it that's how it goes. And yeah. I guarantee you, uh, the church I used to uh be at, they're going through the these same chapters. And um I, John, if they continue it, John 15's coming up. And I'm not, I don't, I don't know that because I want to be a troll. I actually, I actually, as much as I, you know, maybe listening to me, you might think that I don't love church folks, but I, I, I do, man, I do. And I hate when people like freaking lay on millstones around people's necks and, you know, yeah. the burden of, of the law, but that's what you, that's to all the people who know wh where I'm talking about. When you get into John 15, you are going to get the old theological math. You're saved by grace alone through faith, but that faith, if genuine, will produce fruit. And if you're not producing fruit, then you never really trust it in the right way. And yeah. they're going to use the passage as a warning, not not a thing to, to pass on good news that his joy might be in us. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty, pretty mind-blowing how quickly what you're doing that you think is faithfulness is actually faithlessness. Yeah. It's out of your unbelief that you're running in this. Mm -hmm. So let's pull all this together here, man. Okay. You've got the characters nailed down. We know we got to definitely rethink like Jesus said, abide in me as I abide in you. So if your version of abiding in him, Okay. If it doesn't compute with how he's abiding in you, you might not have the right idea about how you abide. So there's a union here that's been brought about by him and he is good. And for our joy. Okay. 
all these branches live and exist in him and those that are not bearing fruit, he will yeah. raise up. Right. It's a, it's a promise. And all yeah. this is really starting to point to like, Oh damn. Mm-hmm. So, so this is, this is what he's talking about. Like I'm telling you this for your joy. Yeah. So what would be like one last thing, man, that you'd want to hit on that Jesus yeah. is showing here? It's going to be helpful to people. Yeah. What I would just say is that this text allows for seasons of fruitlessness that he uses mm-hmm. viticulture as, as the example for what's you know going on in life. And you know, things that live and live in the ground, they have seasons, man. They have seasons where, you know, you can't really see much at times. Right. Or even seasons of, you know, of fruitlessness. I think the way that we the way that we used to imagine bearing fruit, it was almost like a factory. Like, dude, walk in, flip the lights on, hit the buttons on the machine, and let's just start cranking out this fruit, right? Maybe all yeah. these programs, all this stuff, like boom, 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 crank it out. And it's like, no, like I think 15-2 is there's a massive amount of grace in life for all of us. It goes, every branch of me that does not bear fruit, he lifts it up, he raises it up. There's going to be times, man, where you struggle with seeing anything. Yeah. You and know, that's just and that, would, they used like, to hor- that used to horrify me. Yeah. Branches don't bear fruit all year round. No, they don't. Yeah. They you have don't. seasons of doing various things mm-hmm. and it's something that God holds and we don't need to. That's the joy of trusting him. Okay. Of yeah. Living and dwelling with, with him. So and there, what and there's something, I'll who say are, this, there's something cool about you. You actually, there's something cool about discovering his love in a season of mm-hmm. seemingly barrenness and fruitlessness because you get to sit with and remain with the promises of his love, even in your inactivity. It's mm-hmm. real easy to know that God loves you when you're crushing it. You're like, well, yeah, this makes sense. This feels a lot like, you know, when I pat my kids on the back, you know, for good grades or whatever, if they have some sort of accomplishment, you know, like had a good game or, you know, lifted a certain amount of weight in their, you know, in their clean and mm-hmm. jerk or whatever, or, you know, per, you know, made some piece of art or like whatever. But I think the good news of the gospel is like his love is coming full force and veracity toward us in our inactivity. So while you're sitting right now in life, feeling things are barren. There's no fruit that's really showing, Mm -hmm. but ready for this. But while you're sitting in that by faith, you're remaining in the belief, in the trust that he is my life. Yes. He's already loved me. He already has forgiven me. He's already made me whole, brought me home, made me free, made me one. I am the righteousness of God because I live in him who is righteous. Mm -hmm. This is my reality despite what I see. Yeah. You know what that is? That's fruit. <laughs> yes. Okay, I'm going to say it that again. Is. Sitting right now in the midst of your woe is me and the struggle, mm-hmm. but you're clinging to that. That's fruit. That's yeah. faith. That's the Christian life. That's the spirit of God at work and alive in you, despite yeah. what all that you think you should be seeing. Mm. And that's some pretty damn good news. Right. It is, man. Dude, there's more you could say. I think, you know, the distinction between bearing and producing um, and some other little nuggets, man. But I would just encourage you, man, if you're like sitting here listening to this 
podcast and like in tears because there's just like a joy welling up in your heart. <laughs> well, first of all, that's what he said. Like, if you feel joy welling up in your heart, then I think you're on the path of the right. Really what he's saying here, because he's saying, I say these things for your joy. For your joy. At the, <laughs> at the end of a, of a sermon in John 15, if you're like, holy shit, I might end up on a burn pile. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I think, uh, you know, you know, maybe you're probably getting handed a bad interpretation. I do, you know, I, I think there is a, I think there is, is a reality of being taken away, but I think it's those, they just refuse, man. They just want to cling yeah. to their control. <laughs> they want to cling to their autonomy and they, ref, they re refuse an invitation of trusting and just dig their heels in. Yeah, there is definitely that. We see that in all the parables. Everyone starts out included. Yes. Everyone. Right. Which but completely Here we ties go again. Yes. With this 100%. whole scenario. Yep. Jesus Inclusion right? this before exclusion. Yes. Yes. And in there, in the end, in the refusal to trust him, in the, the right. refusal to believe him. Okay. Mm -hmm. Which again, John 6, we've talked about this. Jesus says, for the will of my father, the will of God, if you're wondering what it is, is that you believe yeah. in the son in whom yep. he sent. If you continue to refuse him, if you continue to accept reality, mm -hmm. not only will you be missing out on the joy of reality right now, mm -hmm. but you'll choose to forever live apart from him. Yes. And so, yeah, we do see that in the text, but that doesn't, that's not the thrust of it. The whole no. message of this saying is for people who are awakening this, people who are grabbing on to this, people who are rejoicing in this and him saying, you're in me, mm -hmm. I'm in you. And I want you to know this, and I want you to know there's going to be seasons where I'm going to be bearing fruit that you'll see in and through this and seasons where you don't, but just know this is your reality and yeah. know this for your joy. Yep. Well, bro, thank you. No, thank thanks you, for doing man. The, the, the on that, man. And just bringing that, uh, bringing that, that clarity to to this grassroots movement of larks <laughs> that are rejoicing in good news and passing it on where they are. So real quick, I will say this. Um, if you haven't had a chance to check out Reclaim, feel free to do so. There's further insights into this, what we've just talked about that are in the book of Reclaim, mm -hmm. along with a lot of other things in regards to grabbing on the good news, living it, on, living it out, passing it on. Um, you can find that at larksite.com. You'll see it right there. You'll see the book, grab a copy, dive in if that's you. That's uh that's what we wrote it for. Yeah. And because there's 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 this joy and there, I feel like there's a lot more joy, man, and grabbing on to other things that Jesus has really declared versus what we've been told. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent, man. So cheers to this freaking podcast, man, being a place for that. For all you are listening, all you give to support it. Till next time. Till next time. Cheers. Cheers.